0: Well, you better get used to it because you're going to do a lot of it in heaven. Yeah. Praise God! Good job, worship team. You, you guys don't know how much time they put in. We were here almost two hours on Thursday night with a worship night. We do one a month, so if you want to enjoy worship, come every third Thursday. Third Thursday. Say with me: Third Thursday. And uh, we start at 7 o'clock, and they just lead us in worship, and praise God. Thank you, Lord. Well, Pastor Chris did such a good job last week. I didn't realize how funny he is. And I didn't realize how scared he was of bears. That was a great entrance, too. Perfect. So you don't like, you see, you're scared of sharks and bears, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, me too. Most of us are, are. okay. Yeah. And I kind of agree with him. Why do you put the food in the car and you stay in the tent, you know? Jeez. Anyway, that was a good message last week. I want to continue today on uh, some themes we, we came up with. And today's message is God's empowering presence in our lives. And uh, it's going to take you, I'm going to step on some toes. And uh, we're going to talk about some things and and see what God will, will bring to us. I, I think that the church is in need of a Holy Ghost revival. We have to be revived so we can see a harvest, so the culture can be reformed. That's the order. Revive, harvest, reformation. That's how it works. And I'm going to talk about, I'm going to tell you some stories to illustrate this. But I believe that God is wanting to empower us today as never before. And we have to get ready. And there's some things that that, uh, God wants to speak to us today I think will help us. But I am going to step on some toes. And I think I should. Uh, Last week, Chris talked about God's brand new world. And he he opened our thinking process to this. And a couple weeks ago, I spoke on a brand new day. Do you know Easter changed everything? Literally, it changed everything. The world was under the control of Satan. We don't even understand how bad it was before the cross. If you go in history and you find out how bad it was, but at the cross and the resurrection, everything changed. That's why he says everything has become brand new. And so what what Chris was talking about, God is inviting us into his project to reclaim, to actually reclaim the earth in His manner. In other words, right before the cross, Satan had legal right to you and I and to the earth. He had legal right. At the cross, Jesus comes and takes the keys of death and hell and takes the legal title deed back to the earth, which means means that we belong to him. And in doing so, he wants us to join his project of r- totally restructuring, readjusting, redeeming the, the, the earth that we see it as, as we see it today. And so that's what you're involved in. You are being invited to the greatest project in the history of the world. Come on, shake yourself. I... I I often say this God won't stir you you have to stir you and so uh, I'm going to do the best I can today to stir you but you know my words aren't, aren't God and, and so I'm going I'm to talk about the word of God we're going to go into some of these things would you pray with me right now let's ask God's anointing Hey, d- understand this if God doesn't show up we're in trouble let's just go home unless God shows up but if God shows up we can stay here all day. Amen. Father, we just pray right now. Grace, grace, we pray for the anointing of the Holy Spirit. We ask you to stir our hearts. We ask you to reclaim our minds. Lord, let us be like you. We, are, we have been made in the image of God. Therefore, let us represent you. And we pray right now for the power of the Holy Spirit to do things in us today that we've never seen done before. In Jesus' name, Amen. amen. Okay, Lord, here we go. The very first stage of, of God's empowering presence and revival is he must establish a core. We see this in scripture, 2 Chronicles seven fourteen. If my people, we forget the first three words. We know that scripture really, if my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, etc., then I will hear from heaven and I will heal their, heal their sin and, and heal their land. Well, we we know that, but the first three words are the key ones. If my people. If my people. So, he wants to establish a core. And we see this in Acts 2, 1 through 4. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly... Now, watch that. They were all with one accord in one place. They had established a core. And suddenly... Something happened. I believe every region, every town, every city, every state needs a core. And we're gonna, I'm going to show you why that is necessary. And the Bible indicates that only a few are needed. Now, the Bible's very clear. We, he doesn't need a majority. God does need, not need a majority to win. In fact, in most cases, it's never a majority. In Matthew 18, 19, it goes on and then says, If any two of you shall agree as touching anything on earth... It will be done for them it will be done in other words God wants a people and he wants them to come together in agreement and I didn't include this in my notes but I felt like the Lord said another ingredient for the core to be together is thankfulness we need agreement and we need thankfulness and in that that core something can happen something can happen what is God looking for when he desires to bring revival and awakening to the earth? Well, let me give you one story in the Old Testament. It's the story of Jonathan and his armor bearer. It's a good illustration of this. In 1 Samuel chapter 14, verse 6. And this is interesting. Let me just say, I, I like Jonathan because Jonathan, Jonathan was a man who just said, uh, Hey guy, turn to his armor bearer. Uh, maybe we could just go up and get something done. And so, let's do it. Let's try it. And they were in agreement. And this is the scripture having to do with that. It says, let us go over to the outposts of those uncircumcised fellows. Nothing can hinder the Lord from saving, whether by many or by few. And they went up and they overcame the enemy. And there was a great victory against the Philistines by, John, by just Jonathan and his armor bearer. Now think about it. God granted this great victory. Now, uh, many parts of the world right now because I, I I love to research and, and find out about what's happening in the world many parts of the world have seen amazing revivals Connie and I went several years ago to to Argentina and we saw a major revival happen down there we went to uh, Pensacola, Florida many years ago, saw a revival we went to Toronto, saw a revival but what is what, why isn't more revival happening in America? can I just tell you what I think? Maybe you don't want to know what I think. I think we have copied their method but have missed their attitude. They do battle in prayer while while we tend to hang out. They seem to get things done while our get-blessed atmosphere produces actually nothing around us. A true revival core must exist to meet God and receive power. Spurgeon, Charles Spurgeon, once prayed this. He prayed that a divine disorder would come. Have you prayed that way? We're always praying for order. Charles Burns said, no, let's have a divine disorder. When God shows up, things kind of happen and they're not in your control. I think the hour has come in America when the urgency to stop Satan must take priority over everything else. Yes. I've never in my lifetime, I'm, I'm now several decades into this. Several decades. Several, several, several decades. And I've never seen it like this in our land. There, there is an out, outgrowth of, of evil. And, so what must the church's attitude be? Well, frankly, America has been a, uh, has been a nation that has been baptized in blessings. I mean, think about it. Can I just say, most of us in this room, in fact, all of us in this room, We're living on fumes of former generations' prayers and blessings. And if our grandkids, if our kids and grandkids are going to experience what many of us have and what we see God wanting to do in the future, we're going to have to expend some spiritual energy to see it happen. So we're, we're, we're living in a blessed nation. Beautiful You know, if you think about the nation, great seacoast, majestic mountains, farmland, we feed the whole world. Constitution like no other. Can it be possible that this great nation that crossed an ocean to stop Hitler and opened its arms to the destitute worldwide and sent more missionaries to all the nations, more than any other nation in the world, that forged great institutions to dispense liberty and justice, can it be that this priceless pearl of freedom, this jewel, I look at America as a jewel that God gave us, that once gave light to the whole world, should now be in the, and I use a metaphor here, because I, I have to use metaphors to shock you, pictures to shock you. Could it be that we are now in the filthy jowls of a pig? Are the priceless gems and pearls being Unthinkably put, a, put into uh, evil situations we have believed the lie and insane contradiction that we should save the whales and kill the babies I've, I've seen this on bumper stickers I mean I've saved the whales and I won't tell you what the other side said and I'm just shocked over a million abortions a year just in our, our land alone We protect criminals and ignore their victims. I'm not saying us, I'm saying culture. Marriages are shattered, family faces extinction, marriages have been redefined. Teenagers take their own lives in record numbers, terribly, this last year. Drugs are killing us, and we've seen the dawn of techno barbarians. What's that? Well, that's people are so reduced to savage instincts because all they do is sit in front of a screen and, and become a computer nerd all day long. M- many are numb from chem- chemicals. Now let me say this because I said this about two months ago. I'm going to say it again. The final test of a civilization is how they treat their children. I'm standing up for the kids. I'm standing up for the sea. That's why I'm against anything that hurts our, our children. And I, you know, I, I love my kids and my grandkids and, and the kids in, in church. I had a word for Jaden today. Is he here? He's in youth? Okay, I'll talk, I'll pray for him afterwards. I had a word for him. Man, there's anointing just came on him today. I just felt it. I want to pray it over him, okay? I'm sorry, I'm talking to my friends, okay? <laughs> It's all about the seed. I already talked to you about that. It's all about the seed, we gotta protect the seed. We have to protect what God has given to us. We have to protect the innocent. But in this nation, right is wrong and wrong is right. Innocence is beaten senseless. Truths are lied about while lies are truthed about. It's a good way to say it. So, so what must be our attitude in this spiritual environment that we are now facing? We must knock on the door of God with the convincing force of someone who has seen the tragedy and can't bear to let it continue. We must knock and keep on knocking. We must ask and keep on asking. And we must seek and keep on seeking. We must not stop. We must have, I believe, in the church, we must have a determination to act. We must say, I'm ready. I'm ready. We must count the cost of true revival. We must pray for revival, but also plan for revival. If we ask for something that we can't possibly accommodate, it can only mean we didn't expect it to begin with. So we must learn to pray as a military act. Ephesians 6.12 For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. We're not wrestling against those people that say all the stupid stuff. And there's a lot of stupid stuff being said. We don't wrestle against them, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Four levels of evil. Did you see that? The Bible instructs us there's four levels. There's principalities, there's powers, there's rulers of the darkness of this age, and then there's spiritual hosts of wickedness. Those are the four levels of the satanic kingdom. He gives it to us. So what would revival be? Revival is the defeating of the local demonic authority through prayer. We have a local demon here. Many. And we need to bind and in, the, in, the, in the way that God has us. And we need to see a release so revival can come about. Picture Daniel after three weeks of prayer. Think about that. He's praying in his prayer room. He's asking God to move. He's asking God to come to Babylon and do special anointed things. And three weeks he prays fast before God. Then one day this being shows up in his room, an angelic being. And he says, "Uh, pardon me for being late, (laughs) but I was opposed by the prince of, of Persia until Michael... The archangel came with his forces and defeated him. And there was a connection between his prayer and the breakthrough that happened and how the Jews were sent back to Jerusalem. Charles Finney once traveled through a small village, and its sin and darkness gripped him so much that he went to a private place on the outside of town in the woods to war and prayer. After one day, he arose and walked over to the textile factory on the edge of town all he did was look at the factory workers and they began to sob for forgiveness from God and soon the entire town was swept into the kingdom of God true story Joshua and Caleb came back from scouting out the promised land I like Joshua and Caleb I like their attitude listen to this in Numbers 14.8, If the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into that land, a land flowing with milk and honey, and will give it to us. Only do not rebel against the Lord, and do not be afraid of the people of this land, because we will swallow them up. Their protection is gone, but the Lord is with us. Yes. I love that attitude. And that attitude is what allowed only Joshua and Caleb in their generation to go into the promised land. They were the only two, because they had the right attitude In the right spirit. God goes before us into battle. And he removes the enemy's protection. He's chosen to honor. And then limit his intervention. To what we pray for. I don't understand that. Think about that. He limits his intervention to what we pray for. What do you want God to do? Well then pray for it. Now I want to bring up a term. Because I've got to talk to you. In metaphors and different pictures. So you can understand things. Because if we don't, we, if, have you ever, um, do you change Bibles once in a while? I change Bibles once in a while because I get too familiar with the, with the context and even the placement of it. I know where everything is in my Bible here. I tell you where, you know, Ephesians 6, it's over here on the side. Or, you know, I know almost what page it's on. And so, we have, to, we have to change things up. So I'm trying to change things up in metaphors so you can understand. I want to talk about a scientific term called critical mass. In Acts 2, critical mass took place. 120 believers are praying and waiting on God. They they know two things. They know that the Holy Spirit's coming. And they know they're supposed to receive power. Other than that, they don't know much. And so they're in this upper room. For around 10 days, they're praying. And I think after 10 days, got a little smelly. A little greedy. Maybe a little attitudes here and there. But the prayer meeting continued on raw obedience. It took grit and courage to stay in the upper room. You know, on Pentecost morning, which is 50 days after Passover, 50 days, Pentecost morning, now you have to understand, on Pentecost, everybody comes into Jerusalem as well as on Passover. So they're in in Jerusalem for Pentecost, and that's a celebratory time. And on Pentecost morning, inside the upper room, they were sober and they were vigilant. Outside, a party was cranking up. Inside, there's supplication, prayers, petitions. Outside, all kinds of festive sounds, laughter, and and fun. Then all of a sudden, everyone heard it. Out of nowhere, a hurricane. A mighty roar that drowned out the sounds of the party outside. The the Holy Spirit roared onto the earth, roared into the church, and we have never been the same since. The church was birthed in a new way. They had reached critical mass. I'm believing that the American church will reach critical mass again. I'm going to explain what that is. What has happened in America? The issue isn't God's power. It's us. We have built a Christian corporate conglomerate that has no upper room. There's a path back to power, but it's hard to see. It's hard to spot because few have traveled this way recently. And weeds have grown over it. Martin Luther, John Wesley, and Charles Finney all had something in common. They were all proponents of critical mass in their day. They brought change, exposed hypocrisy, and led the church back to power. They were great, what I call, I love this word, awakeners. I think we all need to be awakeners. Take on that term. I'm going to be an awakener. They preached and prophesied and prayed until revival shook the land and knew the secret of power and how to inspire it in others. The parallel of nuclear fission and God's principle of dunamis, which is dynamite, power in individuals, it's the word authority in, in the Greek, is, is unique. In the principle of fusion, if fission, now this is what critical mass has made. I'm going I'm to get nerdy on you now. Okay, I'm going to get scientific on you, so stay with me. If I see you fading, I'm going to throw spitwads at you. Okay? In, in the principle of fission, to have a chain reaction, you must find the element that is capable of sustaining a chain reaction. This is called fissile material. The only known elements of this kind in the earth are uranium and plutonium. These elements are rare, but you don't need much. The story of Abraham with the, with God is not prime illustration of a spiritual fission. In Genesis eighteen thirty two. if you remember, Abraham's debating with God. He's kind of negotiating. He says, uh, and Abraham gets to the last point, he says, may the Lord not be angry with me, but let me speak just once more. What if only ten can be found there who were righteous? Speaking of Sodom and Gomorrah. He answered, this is God. For the sake of ten, I will not destroy it. This is a core or critical mass, a group being capable of sustaining a spiritual chain reaction. In nature, fission will not happen unless a minimum amount and a specific purity of fissile material is present. We need that also in the spiritual, a minimum amount and a purity. The power is in the nucleus of the atom called nuclear power. That power is trapped within the atom until the proper principle is used to release it. The nucleus of the atom is surrounded by a negative electron cloud and something must penetrate that cloud and agitate the nucleus. Oh, I see you fading on me. (laughs) What does agitate, what it is, is a neutron beam. That beam bombards the atom until the nucleus starts to respond. Then the physical characteristics of the nucleus completely change, and it is now at critical mass. The key is the penetration of the negative electron cloud by the neutron beam. This uses an incredible amount of energy because the cloud around the nucleus is a powerful shield. That cloud is the greatest obstacle to fission. Just like the spiritual cloud around us is the greatest barrier to revival there's something in us that must be released Colossians 1.27 says Christ in you, the hope of glory the, score, the story of, of Gideon is the picture of spiritual fission have you, have you ever heard that? God told Gideon his army was too big it's too big, not going to work Now, in only two realms do you decrease the size in order to increase the power. Nuclear power and spiritual awakening. God was telling Gideon that not all of his men were physical material and to get rid of all who could not sustain a chain reaction. These fissile men, then, then they went into battle. If you remember the story, they had pots, clay pots, and they broke the clay pots and the light shone and revealed the burning torch. And then they, they blew their trumpets. And that was the way to reveal the dunamis of God. God is asking us to be Gideonites in this day, to be fissile material. The upper room was a case of critical Mass. It's probably the best illustration in the Bible. Although Jesus had thousands of admirers in Jerusalem, the real nuclear material was only 120. Now, this this is fascinating. The Bible uses the term cloven tongues. What does that mean? It means split. In critical mass, the nucleus must be split that happened in the upper room only the glory of god will bring your revival core to critical mass god doesn't want us as the church just to be relevant he wants us to be glorious and full of power upper rooms must be formed and groups must gather with their entire purpose to look heavenward to receive his glory and and come to a place of being able to to sustain a chain reaction are you able to sustain the chain reaction. Are you fissile material? And when that happens, revival like fission is a sudden burst of power that is irresistible. And that power overwhelms the gates of hell. Satanic hordes flee in abject terror because nothing travels as fast as light and nothing penetrates humanity like righteousness. And that's our God. Critical mass is worth everything when critical mass happens all of a sudden the explosion takes place basically let me say it this way I'm trying to give you terms that you don't normally hear so you can kind of gauge it differently when critical mass happens an eviction notice falls with a loud crash on the porch of the local satanic supervisor you're out you're gone you're evicted get out of here Angels then receive their invasion orders. We look up and we see the glory coming, and the roar of the spirit moves into our upper upper room. What happens at critical mass? Well, let me give you a couple of illustrations to illustrate this. David Brainerd, this, this man is an amazing person to me. He was in early America, he was a missionary, he's only in his late 20s, and he was a missionary to the Native Americas in the eastern part of the United States. So he went up into the mountains of Appalachia, and he was praying for them and meeting with Indians. And, and he was he had spent time in protracted prayer, and then God spoke to him, and he ran to the Indian village where he saw the Indians outside all of their dwellings. And they were all sobbing, not knowing what was the cause of their tears. And then a hot wind knocked many to the ground, and they all received Jesus Christ. The glory of God creates a circle of radioactivity that levels with conviction anyone who enters it. In the Great Awakening in New England, there was an actual point off the shore of America extending a few miles out to sea that was a force field. Once a ship entered that point, the crews and passion, passengers were sent into conviction and repentance, and they would come to shore and they would disembark weeping for joy because they had found God. True stories. Let me give you another one for me. Are you still with me? Yeah. Yeah. Good. So many years ago, Connie and I were up in Seattle with my cousin Wendell and his wife Jenny. We were at a Red Robin restaurant. It was soon after they had started their church. And we were just believing God for a move of God in the Seattle area. We went into the Red Robin and and a song came on. And it wasn't necessarily a Christian song, but it was, it was about a man and his father. And Wendell bent over and started weeping. At first, I didn't know what was happening. And then I realized the glory of God had hit him. The power of a radiation zone had come on his life because they had been praying. And he couldn't be consoled. He wept and wept and wept. It's a good thing we had finished our meal. <laughs> and he made me pay for it, so no. <laughs> so we got him up, took him to the car, and he kept weeping. We drove, we were on our way to, uh, to his place. We got on I-90 and started moving from Bellevue. We were in Bellevue, and we, we hit I-90 on, on the way to their place. They lived in Issaquah. I'll never forget this. I saw an invisible line in front, of, in front of me on the freeway, about two or three miles into, uh, as we got onto the freeway. I saw it, as clear as I'm looking at you right now. I saw it. As soon as we went past it, he stopped crying. I said, Wendell, what was that? You can't describe the radiation zone of the Holy Spirit and the power of God. I went and researched that spot. It was the that was the border or the boundary between Bellevue and Issaquah. God had come on him for a burden for the city of Bellevue, and he couldn't shake it until he left the city. There are boundaries and borders everywhere. I've heard of stories of missionaries where an, uh, a city is divided down the middle, one nation on one side, one nation on the other, and they can minister on one side to people, but on the other side they can't. It's the power of God in borders. So, what am I saying? I'm saying God wants to create a, a, a radiation zone in the Treasure Valley. You know what I think? You know, we, we've seen all these people are moving here. All these people from California and Washington and Oregon and they are coming here from all over the place. Stop! Stop! Well, maybe that's not what God wants us to do. Maybe God is bringing them because the fissional material in the fission and the nuclear reaction is happening here in Idaho and they need Jesus. Yeah. Now, Habakkuk 3.2 Lord, I have heard of your fame. I stand in awe of your deeds, O Lord. Renew them in our day, in our time, make them known. In wrath, remember mercy. Can we say, Lord, renew them in our day? We've seen what's happened in past days. I want to see it in our day. We must say, your kingdom come, your will be done. The authority of God can be transferred to specific areas of the earth. We need to believe for the revival in Boise, the revival in Meridian, the revival in Eagle, the revival in the whole Treasure Valley. Let the glory of God come. And wherever you live, you need to pray for a core of the Holy Spirit, a core of people who will pray, who will bring the glory down. We need to pray that way. It's interesting, in the Welsh revival, in Wales, it was said that an unearthly sensation could be felt the moment you came into Wales. It was so heavy that miners were saved by the thousands. In fact, all the miners got saved. And it was so powerful that they changed their language. They no longer cursed. But the problem was the donkeys didn't know their instructions anymore. <laughs> and they weren't getting any, the ore the, uh, the and the things out of the mind because they didn't know how to speak to them because they were always, always cursing at them. It was also said that there was no more crime. So police stations turned into, uh, into quartets and they went to churches and sang your story And when the when the revival of God hits both the dread of God and a joy of God's presence happens It happens 2 Corinthians 4 verse 4 says the god of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Jesus Christ, who is the image of God. The God of this age has blinded their minds. In other words, we have invisible liars who, inv- who have infested our land. And they bias everyone against Christ. Have you ever seen so many lies in all your life? Imagine what would happen if the lie was suddenly exposed. I'm not talking about lies of other... I'm talking about the lie of the gospel of Jesus Christ. If it was suddenly exposed, exposed and the anti-Jesus bias was revoked. Critical mass. What it, what it does, it brings a divine verdict that orders the lie to stop, the eyes of the blind to open, and the true glory to be seen in an entire community. Let it happen in this valley in Jesus' name. When critical mass occurs, the illusion that Satan uses to snare us disintegrates completely. Angels are given orders to guard the heirs of eternal life. That's what they're here for. Angels long to attack Satan's forces. In Revelation, an angel that is not of a very high rank is ordered to go and bind Satan for a thousand years. But, angels are dependent upon prayer. We have angels waiting here in the Treasure Valley, waiting to be released upon our prayers. Really? You may think, are you crazy, Pastor Ken? Uh, No, I'm just reading theology. I'm trying to describe to you what really can happen. In Revelations 2 and 3, the letters are written to the angels of specific churches. That angel over that specific church knows the demonic strongman in that area, and our intercession arms that angel. There is an angel over this church. What are we doing to arm him? That angel hates that local demon, and doubtless he has rehearsed over and over and over how he would punch that demon's lights out, (laughs) if only our prayers would fuel him. Because the angels of God are eternal beings, they've always been here, they have a special desire to attack Satan and his minions. Why? Because the angels of God saw the brutal slaying of Jesus. They watch helplessly as Jesus was tortured and murdered. And this is their chance to exact vengeance on Satan. Satan is their greatest point of hatred. And frankly, we must be their greatest point of frustration. Why? Because they're waiting for our prayer fuel. When these obedient warriors get the chance, they attack with total abandonment. The death of Jesus does not affect us the way it does them. We don't have this indelible mark on our memory of the vicious killing of the most precious one, of Jesus Christ himself. Isaiah 53.8 says, Who will declare his generation? For he was cut off from the land of the living. The, and then what happens is the Holy Spirit begins to administrate a vast arsenal of weapons and gifts, all purchased by the death of Jesus Christ. So we, we, we see that angels are fueled. The Holy Spirit is involved. And just as armies have heat-seeking missiles and, and laser-guided uh, missiles, so the gifts of the Spirit are also aiming devices that will destroy the enemy. But we have to receive them. 2 Corinthians 10.4, The weapons of our, of our warfare are not carnal, but are mighty through God at the tearing down of strongholds. 1 John 3.8, For this cause was the Son of Man manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Hebrews 2.14, since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity, so that by his death he might destroy him who holds the power of death, that is the devil. He died so we could have life. Amen. Now, he died for your redemption, but he also died so that you could have an anointing, a, an empowerment of military might that you could strike terror in the heart of the enemy. It isn't just so you can be redeemed. That's, there's two parts of this. You're redeemed. You're, you're bought back. You're, you're paid for in full. But then God wants to empower you. And that's what he bought at the cross. And he wants to empower you through the Holy Spirit. So you can declare war on the enemy. And you can win. In 25 revivals studied... All of them experienced a sudden piercing of satanic power that created an area of radiation that brought both dread and joy upon everyone who entered it, which was brought on by critical mass. Yes, our prayers and worship do arm angels, and they do release the Holy Spirit. Worship today was releasing things. It isn't just singing songs. No, team, you can come back. It's not just releasing songs. What it's doing, it's calling the enemy's attention, saying, no, it's time you are evicted. So I conclude, I want to close. We have erroneously assumed that the more like modern man we make Christianity look like, the more it will be accepted. But when the world comes near us, we don't realize how much radicalism they've already tried and it hasn't worked. So they're disappointed when they come into a church that's powerless. We're not otherworldly. We're not otherworldly enough. If you remember the, the movie ET? The reason why people love it is because it's otherworldly. Something from another world. And that's what the world is looking for. We need to be a life force to confront a hopelessness which has brought great depression in a culture with nowhere to go. The world longs for an example. They long to see what could happen with with God who could show up. What if they saw people totally infused with the Holy Spirit who have awakened to total harmony and spiritual empowerment? and they're moving towards God and they lay hands on the sick and they're healed and the power of God is infused upon them. If they could only see a human life injected with Jesus, his joy, his wisdom, his peace, his strength, the early church merely rode the wave of the Holy Spirit power as it crashed on the society. They just rode the wave. Can I tell you, we've not been simply placed here to calmly and passively wait for the rapture. I don't want to get into eschatology. I could blow part of that apart, but we're not here to to wait for God to take us out. I remember when I was young, and everybody's saying, "Well, just just a little bit long, just hang in there, baby, just hang in there." I remember this this uh, uh, poster with this cat hanging with his claws. Remember that? Yeah. Hanging with his claws. Just hang in there, baby. And that's what you kind of thought of, and I'm thinking. That's not what the church is about. The Bible teaches about a glorious church, a victorious church, one that will overcome, not one that has to be rescued out. We're not going to be just rescued out. We're going to be overcomers. We're going to win. We are, we are triumphant. We're here to occupy until he comes. We're here to be salt and light and disciple all nations. The 120 literally poured out into the streets under the current of the Holy Spirit. Empowered by this critical mass, it changed the whole known world. We, I, You know what I think? We need to start preaching the wonder, the magnitude, and the all-sufficient majesty of God. We need to be the church whose very presence terrifies Satan and sends forth life in all directions every day. We need to represent the kingdom of resurrection power. We need to be those who will see the power of God being demonstrated daily. And the church needs to go outside the wall. The resurrection power should be more outside than inside. In your homes and in your business. And believe God. Start praying before you go to work or before you do this or that. And start believing for, for that radiation zone. Believe that God is making you physical material. That you can sustain a chain reaction. That God can use you in this revival. Revival leading to harvest leading to reformation Come on I just told you a bunch of stories and a bunch of metaphors that are all in here Let's start believing God wants a revival in America. He wants it all over the world, but we've been assigned here. You've been deputized You've been deputized. You're an ambassador from heaven to the earth. You've been deputized for this area, for Treasure Valley, for your business. Some of you will have relationship with people that, will, that cannot hear the gospel except through you. The only way they're going to hear is through you. And it's not just what you say. It's what you live. What if we were all so joyful, full of peace? Full of the presence of God, the Holy Spirit, the people. What what makes you tick? Can I tell you? Come on, people. Let's start being visual, material, and then let's start praying for the Holy Ghost chain reaction explosion. Amen. Is this making sense? I hope I came in at it a little different so you could understand. It's our time. I I don't want to. Uh, I don't want my grandkids to say, "Papa, why? What happened with your generation? What what happened with you guys?" I don't want that. It's our time. It's our baton. I said, "Ah, I've been waiting for this for decades." I have prayed for it since I was a little kid, and I believe God's going to use this. I'm saying, Lord, I'm physical material. Lord, purify me. Lord, let me come into your very presence. Let the glory of God just slam me. Fill me, Lord. Would you bow your heads? There's, there's at least 12 people. The Lord just spoke to me. There's at least 12 people here today who need to receive Jesus Christ initially. Maybe you've never received him. Maybe you received him at some time, but you have not been living a life of obedience to Jesus Christ. And you want to make that commitment today, and you want to say, Yes, Lord, I want you to come into my life and make me physical material. On the count of three, I want you to lift your hands. All I want to do is pray for you. One, two, three. Who would who would like to do that? Just raise your hand right now. Just just boldly, just raise your hand. I see one, two, three, I see four, I see five. Anyone else? Anyone else? I see six, seven, eight. Anyone? Just be be bold right now. Just lift your hand. I see nine. I see ten. I see eleven. One more. One more. Okay, you may put your hands down. I, th- I saw 12. Praise God. Everybody say this prayer with me. Everyone. Dear Father, I receive you into my heart. I believe in my heart, and I confess with my mouth that you're the Lord and Savior of my life. Cleanse me by the blood of Jesus. Set me free from evil, and make me brand new. I commit my life to you forever and ever in Jesus name. Amen. Now I want to ask this question. Every head bowed, you heard the message today. I want to ask you if you if you feel like there you need there's some changes in your life that you need to make in order to be physical material you're a believer you believe in god you pray etc you know but in your church today you love god but you just know that there's something missing and you need something more in god i want you to stand your feet right now i want you to be bold stand your feet and say yeah that's me i need to i i need a new level i need a new a new impartation i need i need to give myself in a new way that he can use me and and make me visual material. Just just stand to your feet right now, all across this congregation. Just stand to your feet. And as you do, God's gonna I believe God's gonna impart something to you. As you stand today, this is not just a standing just just because of, of a, a commitment you're making. I believe God's gonna impart something to you. I think it's gonna be brand new today. From today on, it's gonna be brand new, you're gonna see different, you're gonna hear different, you're gonna believe different. There's gonna be impartation of faith, it's gonna come in a new way. By the power of the Holy Spirit. Father, right now in Jesus' name, you see these who are standing, and I pray right now for a deep, settled anointing, a, a, a renewed impartation that would come into their lives. They would see different, they would hear different, they would believe renewed, uh, and Lord, there would come an anointing upon them that would make them into a, a different man and a different woman. Lord, you would, in a sense, you would just grace them with your power and authority, you would make them visual material the purity of God would come into their hearts and you would remake them today would be a new day a brand new day and you would anoint them for the day that's in front of them I pray that you would let them see people differently you let them see the kingdom differently you let them see life differently and Lord there would be a renewal in them that would change everything around them I'm, I'm just believing it right now in Jesus name in Jesus name and just receive it right now. Put it on your heart. Put your hand on your heart. Just receive. Just receive. Just say, Lord, I receive. I receive the power of the Holy Spirit. I receive heaven's gift to me. Change me, Lord. Change me. Use me. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. you may be seated. I want I want to. I want to do something in just a minute. I, how many of you in the last six months? I mean, in the last six months received a miracle. I mean, I'm not just we're not just talking about you were either delivered, you were healed, you had financial miracles, you had a miracle sometimes, something happened. I'm not just talking about just something happened. I'm talking about a miracle. Stand your feet. Stand, if you had a miracle, stand your feet. In the last six months, you had a miracle, stand your feet. Thank you for joining us today. If you would like to give towards this ministry, learn more about our church and events, or are in need of prayer, please visit capitalchurch.co.